do me a favor. Just think back, right? Think back to your teen years. You know, middle school and high school, you know, some of you, you're, you're watching this right now. You're like, well, I'm there right now. And others of you, well, I was a bit ago. And then there's still others like me. Well, it was a long time ago. You think about the, that time and you, you just go, Why? those were some of the easiest years of your life, right? I mean, there was no drama. There was no emotions. There was no change. Not true, right? Probably some of the biggest changes you ever experienced in your life in such a short period of time. So in that vein, right, here we have a few pictures of celebrities in their teens. So here we go. I want you to see if you can guess who they are. Here we go. First one. This young woman had a places to go long before she would ever drive her pink car as Barbie. Yep, Margot Robbie. And this young man, well, he had his mind in the clouds before he would assume the role of Star-Lord to save the universe. Yep, Chris Pratt. And we all know this young man, right? But at this point in time, when he was a teen, he was only throwing little white balls before he would pick up this leather prorated spheroid and become MVP of the NFL. Uh-huh, our very own Patrick Mahomes. Now, here's an important one. How about this social media influencer? He's got tens of followers. Well, he is now our very own digital pastor. Yep, Theo Davis. And since it wouldn't be fair, right, here's a stylish young fellow with an awesome bow tie who would age, well, so he could grow a beard. You know, we're in the second week of our series called Through the Years. And it's all about the parent-child relationship over time. And in this series, we're talking to parents, but we're also talking to adult children about their relationship with their parents. Now, for some, I know you're excited about this because you are actively parenting kids right now, and you're just like, yes, yes, help me. For others, you're feeling a lot of tension right now because your relationship with your parents or your relationship with your child, it's not good. And there's hurt and there's pain, there's regret. Now, still for some, you're not a parent. And maybe you hope to be someday. Or you want to be and life has not gone as planned. Or, or you've never wanted to be a parent. But whatever your circumstance, I think there's something here for you today. Because we all have a parent or parents, or caregivers who acted as parents. And finally, we all have the ultimate and perfect parent, God. So, stick with us. Because whatever your story, the parent-child relationship is powerful. And it has implications for our relationship to God as our Father. Now, of all the way God chooses to introduce himself to people, to humankind, he chooses to introduce himself as Father. The Apostle Paul, he describes it this way when he wrote to the church in Rome. He says, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. You know, throughout the Bible, we read about God as Father, and we, those who follow Jesus, were adopted into God's own family. You see, we are created to be in relationship with God, our Father. We were born for 
and designed to be in this kind of vertical relationships. However, God, well, he chose to bring us into this world, right? And he sets us in families. Now, now God could have just formed us out of the dust like he did Adam and Eve, but instead he chose to require this participation of both a man and a woman to create a new life. So God sets us in families, in this parent-child relationships, and it's the power of this relationship that God has us learn about our relationship with him. We started off last week in this series talking about the beginning, you know, ages kind of zero to 12. Well, today we're going to talk about the middle years, ages 13 to 18. And next week, well, we're going to talk about kind of the idea of letting go, adult children. Now, each week we're going to talk not only to the parents in these stages and these phases, but also to adult children about how you are experienced or maybe how you have experienced your parents when you were in this phase of life. And then we're going to connect all this together in the final week of the series, and we're going to talk about the church, this thing we're a part of as God's family. Now, no matter how joyful or difficult this topic is for you, it culminates in some really, really good news. Spoiler alert, right? The, the culmination of this series is this. God is our Father. So no matter the blessing or the burdens of our earthly parents and what they've left with us, God, he is the perfect father. And it's been his plan from the beginning to set us into this family, this thing we're a part of called the church, where we are adopted children of a holy God. And it's in that that we get to work out our salvation. We get the, the healing as we get to know, fall in love with, and be parented by this perfect father God. So today and throughout this series, as we talk about the parent-child relationship in the middle years, let's go ahead and just check out Jesus's relationship with his earthly parents, Mary and Joseph, just as he was beginning to enter into the middle years. We're going to dive into Luke chapter two. Here you go. Read along with me. Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to the custom. And after the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day, and then they began to look for him among their relatives and their friends. And when they could not find him, and they went back to Jerusalem to look for him, and after three days... They found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them, asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding of his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, son, son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I, we've been anxiously searching for you. Well, why were you searching for me, he asked. Didn't you know that I had to be at my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth with them, and he was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart, and Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. Now, we could talk a whole 
day message series just about this particular interaction and what we can teach us about Jesus and God. But here I want us to kind of look at it with regard to this parent-child relationship between Jesus, well, and his mom and dad. You see, Jesus' behavior here is relatively very typical of a 12-year-old boy. I mean, he wanted to do his own thing. And truthfully, he wasn't thinking about his parents. Now, Jesus' parents' response was, well, pretty typical of parents of preteens and teenagers. I mean, why have you treated us like this? As if Jesus' treatment of them was intentional. As if Jesus was sitting back plotting ways like, huh, how can I treat my parents poorly? I mean, Mary might as well added, you know, after all we have done for you, your behavior has caused us so much anxiety. Do you have any idea? See, here's the tension. Jesus is off doing his own thing, completely wrapped up in his purpose, his interests. And his parents were the feeling dishonored, disrespected. I mean, just yesterday, Jesus was 11, and he was hanging around us all the time, never wanting to leave our side. What just happened? How could he disrespect us in this way? And so, well, the tension begins. So I just kind of want to say to parents, parents at, in these middle years, when your child is 12, 13, and headed to 18, he, he, here's something I think you and I need to just realize about emerging and early teenagers. This is something I think we can learn from the experts. A couple different things. The first thing is this, is understanding kind of from your teenager's perspective what I'm like. Here's some things to, to look for. I'm more independent than I used to be, but I'm quite self-conscious. I, I think more like an adult, but there's no simple answer. I like to talk about issues in the adult world. I like to think for myself. And though I often feel confused, my opinions, well, they're important to me. And I want others to respect them. I seem to be moving away from my family. My, my friends are more important than ever. And to have them like me, I sometimes will act in ways that, well, adults or my parents disapprove of. But I still, I still need reasonable rules set by my parents and adults. However, truthfully, I am actually more understanding and more cooperative than I was when I was younger. Does this sound about right? I mean, we can see some of these characteristics in 12-year-old Jesus. He's independent, going off on his own. He, he wants to talk about issues in the adult world. Mary and Joseph find him sitting in the temple, asking questions, listening to the teachers. I mean, he's moving away from his family. You know, the experts, they go on to share kind of what the emerging teenager needs. So what I need as a teenager is this. I need to know, I need to know that my family is behind me no matter. No matter how I may stumble in my attempts to grow up. You see, this growing up, it is serious business. And I need to laugh, and I still need to play a lot to lighten up and keep my balance. And I need you to understand that I'm doing my best and to encourage me and to see my mistakes not as failures but as learning experiences. And if I could, I just want to ask you, please, please, as a teenager, don't, don't tease me. Don't tease me about my clothes or about my hair or about my boyfriends or girlfriends. And if you would, I gotta be honest with you, I need some privacy 
and I need my own space and things. Now, even if we know all these things about the stage that our child happens to be in, here's the truth. I'm going to make mistakes. You're going to make mistakes. We're all likely to make mistakes because the truth is it changes so quickly. So if I could just kind of give a, maybe a little coaching to the parents of these 13 to 18-year-olds, here's maybe three things that I just might coach you on. And the first thing is this. I just want you to learn how to see your kids. Now, I know, I know this sounds so obvious, but the truth is it's easy to overlook because they're pulling away from us at this point in time. And so we kind of respond with pulling away from them, but they're asking us, do you see me? There's a story from the book, and it's actually the book called Scene. It's by Will Hutchison and Chinway Williams. And the story goes like this. There was a father who asks his son to clean his room. And he says to his son, if you don't clean your room, you're going to have to give me $3. And the story goes on that the son, he takes all the money that he has, he throws it at his dad, and he says, Dad, take all my money if this is what it takes for you to spend time with me. Well, in this story, the dad apologizes and says, I'm sorry. I didn't see that what you really need right now for me is to spend time together. So let me just encourage you. No matter how hectic their life is or your life is, lean in and figure out a way to organize your life in such a way that you can see them. Now, I've learned that kids don't care if their feelings are logical. All they know is this. I'm hurt. I'm sad. I'm disappointed. I'm angry. And the only question they have in the moment of these flooded emotion is this. Do you see me? The second kind of coaching or encouragement I'd have for you as a parent of a teenager, and that is to have fun. Now, I have to say, the best advice that I ever received about parenting teenagers was this. Find something you can do together that you both like, even when you don't like each other. Now, I don't want to infer that every parenting relationship will have a period of time where you don't like each other. But if I'm being honest, and if I'm being realistic, most of us, well, we do have some relational tension during this period. And this, my friends, when the tension goes up, is not the time for you and I to lean out, but the time for us to lean in. What I find fascinating is I heard this advice long before I ever had any kids, and it stuck with me. So when Jake, my oldest, turned 13, we talked about what we could do together. And, well, we decided to rebuild a 1970 Chevelle Malibu. So many nights we would just end up in the garage wrenching on car parts and talking about whatever and I got to be honest with you, it kept us on the same team. With my second son, Mitch, well, we focused on football. I mean, we could talk football even when we couldn't talk about anything else. And during those kind of most difficult years, well, it kept us on the same team. And with my youngest, uh, I always called her my Princess Judy Ann. I mean, it was all about music and playing piano and singing together because no matter what was going on, she and I could find joy and connection in music. Now, I don't know what it will be for you and your teenager. 
But when you discover it, well, then they're going to feel seen. And you're going to be able to keep them on your team. And during potentially tumultuous years, well, something will surprise you. That you will actually have fun. Now, to discover what it is for your particular team, what you can do together, well, you're going to need to ask some questions and listen. And i got to be honest with you. The first time you ask a question of them, you may get the response, well, I don't know, or maybe even I don't want to. But again, stay in it. Listen some more. And then as you're listening, you may actually even have to make some suggestions. i got to tell you, if your team teen is into gaming, video games, or even board games, you might have to find one particular game that you, well, you can play together. If they're into art or to music or movies, well, you may try these out. But honestly, don't expect that the very first time you do something together, that will be the thing. Keep trying, my friends. It will be worth it. And yes, yes, you will both sometimes have fun. I love the writer of Proverbs when he wrote, a cheerful heart is good medicine. That is truth, my friends. That when you have fun together, that is good medicine for your soul and for your relationship. Now, the third thing I want to encourage you or kind of give you uh, some wisdom on, and that's this. Ask for forgiveness. I know, I know this stage of life, it can feel or even be a power struggle. And sometimes it feels like, man, if I'm going to admit that I made a mistake as a parent, that, that I'm really giving up the power and I'm handing it over to my child, and i got to tell you the truth, it's, that's a lie. Because the truth is actually the opposite. You, you see, saying you're sorry to your kids, man, it, it puts away the fight for power. It puts away the need to be right. And what it does is in these years, it kind of merges you together as two disciples. Two disciples of Jesus just trying to live out his ways together. Man, I got to be honest with you. This has been a game changer in my relationship with my kids when they were teens. And because we learned to do it then, I can tell you it is even more so more important today as I am interacting with them as adults. Jesus' uh, brother, his half-brother James, he, he wrote the book of James in the Bible. He writes it this way, Therefore, confess your sins to each other. Pray for each other so that you may be healed. For the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. All right, I, I want to take a moment now and just... I want to talk directly to the teenagers that are out there, the teenagers that are watching, that are listening, right? And i got to say to you, this stage of life isn't the easiest for you or your parents. So you can do some things that I think can help make your life and your relationship more better for everyone involved. And the first thing I just want to encourage you is let your parents see you. I know this is a season where you feel like you need to create some space, but let them see you. And communication, it is really important. When you do with your parents, I just want to encourage you, my friends, my teen brothers and sisters, look at your parent in the eyes. Think about your body language. 
even if you could try to consider what it would be like to be a parent or even your parent. And then finally, I really want to encourage you, say thank you. You see, your parents are not always going to get things right. They will mess up. You see, their love and their hope and their dreams for you, it sometimes causes them a lot of fear. And they're working through their fear, and they want to connect with you. And your parents don't always have the tools that they need. So begin, begin with this process of forgiving your parents when they make a mistake. And I can be honest with you, you might even learn to begin to forgive even if they don't ask for it. Now, I just want to take a moment and I want to speak directly to teenagers and adult children. You, you see, many, if not most of us, we will or we have experienced some trauma during our teen years. Maybe it was during this season your parent or your parents were unavailable emotionally or physically and they couldn't give you what you needed. Maybe your, your, your parents were struggling with their own stuff and they couldn't connect with you. Maybe your home was filled with lots of tension or anger or even silence. Maybe your parents divorced during this time and you just felt trapped in the middle. You know, you might have experienced something like this or, or maybe what you experienced was something less or maybe what you experienced was something much worse. In any case, if we're honest, well, you probably carry some hurt and some baggage from your experience. So let me just encourage you. Don't carry this load all on your own. God, your perfect father, wants to heal you. So take it to him. Give him space. Space in your life. Space in your heart, space in your soul to, to heal the deepest parts of you. You know, we read in Deuteronomy this. It says, the Lord himself, he goes before you. He will be with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Do not be afraid, my friends. Do not be discouraged. And the psalmist, he writes this about God. You keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. You have recorded each one in your book. You see, God is acquainted with my sorrow, with your sorrow, and he is there. He is there with you. He is there for you. Now, for many of us, we, we actually could use some help to unpack our emotional bags. I gotta be honest with you, I have found that a professional Christian counselor has helped me process so many things, helped me to heal from different hurts and pain that I've experienced in my past. If you find yourself there stuck needing help, I just wanna tell you, we've got a list of counselors, counselors available. You, you can check it out. You can just scan the QR code that's right there on your screen right now, and you go to the recommended counselor list, and I'll tell you, it is worth the effort to have somebody help you unpack those bags and leave those burdens behind. Well, to close out our time together, I just want to encourage you to take a next step. And my next step that I really want to encourage you is this. Have a conversation with your parents. Start by thanking them for what they did well. And then ask them about how they were during this season of your life, how they felt, 
And I'll tell you, then give God space to open the relationship to, to deeper conversations so they can lead to, to deep healing in the relationship in any area that's broken or strained. Now, if your relationship is strong or if it's strained, I'll tell you, open dialogue can create incredible possibilities for new and invigorated health. Now, I realize for some, for some, your parents are unavailable. If that's the case, I just want to encourage you, have a conversation with God about your parents and to ask him, ask him to heal your wounds, ask him to heal your heat, your hurt. Because God, well, God can heal like no other. Let's pray. Father God, man, we are so grateful that we have this relationship with you as our Father. That God, you put us into families here on earth, God, so that we can have an understanding of the powerful nature of this relationship. And so God, I just ask right now, I ask that you would give us um, gratitude where we look back on our lives during these middle years and our parents for the investment that they made in us, to see us, to have fun, to, to even ask for forgiveness. But God, I also ask that you would give us the ability to heal to heal from the hurts and the wounds that occurred. For our parents, we know we're not a perfect father or perfect mother. And so God, I just pray that you would allow those relationships to be strengthened, to be healed, to be made robust, so that God, it can allow us to have continued impact in our own lives, in the lives of the next generation beyond us, and the lives of the people around us. We thank you, Father. We pray these things in Jesus' name, amen.